Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio talking about the problems people have with their work, whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between. We want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Punching Out. My name's Noah, and I'm here with Alfred. Hello. And Louise. Hey, guys. What's up? And this is the third of our Human Resentments episodes, Season of the Snitch. Now, in the previous two episodes, we covered on the first Human Resentments, which was just called Human Resentments, we covered your employees are always trying to get away with something. On the second episode, this time it's personnel, we covered your employees are literal demons from hell <laughs> who want to kill you. and well, or, or steal things from you yeah. sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Literal demons from hell, yeah. Yeah, yes. fair and enough. That does explain the workplace violence, though. Yes. yes. The w- I think you mean WPV. Oh, yes, yes that's right. I knew there was yeah. an acronym. There's somewhere. an acronym. Of course there is. And then on it's today's... Sexy. It's HR. It's an acronym. Of and it's, course it is. <laughs> they start acronyms on. on acronyms on acronyms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and today on Season of the Snitch, we'd like to bring you the life cycle of employment as revealed through the secret language of human resources. These are the emails that, once again, they send to each other, thinking that nobody, especially not a uh, radio host who <laughs> is not in human resources and somehow has access to this listserv, is going to see them and then make fun of them uh, for your benefit, hopefully. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Today's show, we're going to structure it around that life cycle. We're going to start with the beginning, when you get hired and immediately afterwards. We're going to go through the middle of employment, how your company does its best to uh, string you along. And then mm. at the end, and when your company has finally had enough of you, how they get rid of you while leaving you no recourse. Sounds fun. And Sorry. at the end, there's there's a little bit of a surprise at the it's, end. It's too. a very uplifting show. It usually it is. is. <laughs> yeah. It's punching out. Like, what else would you expect? I know. Yeah. We yeah. complain about work. It's not it's hugging good. out. That's it's, it's oh, punching that's true. out. That's yeah. true. That, I, I think that's what HR would like you to do. <laughs> if, if they had a choice between you punching them or hugging them, you know. It's funny that it's punching we out. We have our the, preferences, though. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you use punching out. You're supposed to punch in. and pun- Like, it's, it's all Already, you start your yeah. work day off angry. Yes. Not punch in. Not that's a really good point. A yeah, yeah. Gonna... it's good time. No, that's a really good point. All right, Noah, where should we start? So let's let's start at the scenario. You're new. Are we going to start even at the interviewing process? Specifically, we're going to start at what your interviewer is and is not allowed to ask you. Are you going to interview me again? <laughs> that's an idea. Yeah. No. So so we, on previous episodes, we've talked about things that your employer is not allowed to ask anymore, like uh, your criminal record history, everything like that. Um, so the new one that they've added is. A lot of states have now banned the ability for companies to ask how much you made at your previous job, which is, since it's a banned thing, obviously companies now have a problem with it. So it's your salary history ban. So the email starts, an effort to promote equity for women and minorities. Interesting how that's always that's their, That's the foreground for everything. What, yes. uh, pr- what a negative, really. Yeah. Yeah. How dare we? How dare we You know, think women and minorities should have equal footing in the workplace? That's terrible. Um, so anyway, several, several this states... This is so getting taken out of context. <laughs> <laughs> several states have laws that ban employers from asking job candidates for current and previous salary information. In the past, it was customary for employers to ask for salary history information during the hiring process and use that information to set wages for positions. This practice has resulted in substantial pay inequality between men and women in the workplace. The intent of salary history bans is to rectify widening pay gaps. So at very least, these HR emails are already acknowledging that asking salary histories is bad. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we'll give you that. But the fact that they need to defend this to the employer is a little shady. Teeny bit, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's HR. I mean, that's part of what they do. Yeah, that's true. So why, you know, to play devil's advocate, but I honestly just want to pay a market rate for somebody. So why shouldn't I be able to ask somebody how much they made before? Because I want to make sure that I'm not giving them too much money. That would be bad for me. Yeah, that's the issue, isn't it? It's, mm-hmm. We don't want to give them too much money. Right. Right. There's never a moment when they're like, we're not giving them enough money. That's never going to be a thing. When you look at it from the other wait, side. Wait, 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 back 
cap. It's never a thing unless you're the CEO. Oh, yes. Yeah. Then, then it is a huge deal. But like, well, you know, you made uh, $5 million at your previous job where you the company tanked. Now you need to make at least $50 million. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe then you won't crash our company yeah. into the ground. If we don't give him clearly, $49 million, he'll leave. Clearly <laughs> the problem, clearly the reason that you burned down the building where you used to work with all of the employees that you didn't like still inside it <laughs> is because they weren't paying you enough. So we're going to make sure not to make that same mistake. Right. Yeah. But yeah. how much do they really want? You know, what do they want to pay? I think they, you know, you're going to get the minimum it takes to shut your pie hole. Your employer is going to come at this as, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not paying them too much, that I'm getting a good market rate, air quotes, for this employer. But the problem is that if you are basing salary on what somebody previously earned, and if there is a pay gap already, and there is a defined, well-defined pay gap between men and women in the workplace for the same work, (laughs) then you're just basically (laughs) repeating that same gap by saying, we're just basing on what you previously made. Yeah. <laughs> That's not Absolutely. fair. We're not paying you less than you previously made, therefore it's fair, which is a terrible baseline, I think. Yeah, no, it's a terrible baseline because you've already got a situation where women and non-white people are going to be making less money than white men. Mm-hmm. Right. And even worse, if they want to rectify that themselves, we now know that yeah. that's not going to happen. One of the arguments that's always floated out there for why women make less money for the same jobs is they go on maternity leave, blah, blah, blah. They don't ask for money as much, which we've actually found out recently that that's just plain not the case. And there was a study released you know, a week or so ago that stated that women ask for raises with approximately the same frequency as men, but they're just told no with a lot more frequency. Like men will get raises when they ask for them, but women will not. Do you think there's a possibility, I'm going to play the white man devil's advocate, <laughs> being a white man myself. So that, I mean, I can imagine if, if when equity actually happens, mm-hmm. there are going to be people, terrible people, terrible white men in particular, who are going to say, well, I'm not going to work here anymore. Wait, terrible white men? It, it, there's an thing. occasional one. Exist? Yeah. There's, oh, okay. I, I've heard Seems of it. Seems fake. I've heard of it. Yeah, I know. All right, it's fake news. They might just grumble because that's what they're prone to do. Right. In this case, like, oh, wait, whoa. You mean she's going to make as much as I am? Right. Uh, I'm yeah. going yeah, somewhere else. she doesn't else. deserve that. Yeah. You know, everyone wants, I say this all the time, everybody wants to share. No one wants to cede any power. And if I'm not right. the highest paid, if I'm not higher paid, then I'm, you know, right. essentially you're insulting me. How dare you? Right. So the fact that these states are banning these kinds of questions is good news because it means that you as an employer ought to be paying the same wages for the same job regardless of previous history. Like the job is the job. It doesn't matter if, you know, woman, man, hotly debated. Right. Because there there is a point beyond which you can ban all the questions you want. I would take this opportunity, by the way, to shout out punching out listener Zoe, who spent the last two days uh, yelling at a hockey team (laughs) for asking about marital status on the, on their employment applications, which is, Louise? Super illegal. Thank you, Louise. Employ- not hockey players, though, like employees. No, like it was... Like for no, the no. Fr- I didn't know the there was an application process for professional hockey players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many... What are they going to ask about their character? They, they slam you They slam you into the boards <laughs> and they see how many teeth you lose, depending on that. Or how many teeth exactly. you already have, really. That's yeah, really, that's the better question. Yeah. Also, they were asking for like headshots, hair color, height, weight, whatever. It, it's wow. incredible. Someday, we will probably do a full episode about this. <clears throat> headshots were a thing when I worked in restaurants in New York City. There were some restaurants that asked you for a headshot and, and your, with your application. Well, anything in, anything in Los Angeles will. If you are a waiter in New York or New York yeah. or LA, you must be an actor already. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is. And the fact that they asked for headshots and got a lot of them demonstrated that that's actually true. Yeah. I didn't have a headshot. No. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing. The point of banning these questions is to put people on an even playing field because as we have proven again and again, in the absence of all of this extraneous data, employers make at least as good, if not better, employment decisions than they do when they ask for all of this information. Human resources professionals are asking for information and complaining about not having information that we have now that we now know makes them worse at their job. <laughs> they are complaining about being forced to be, to be better. better people. Oh, <laughs> you can't force me to be competent. Well, That's I think a part of that of is my... if they're we admit that they don't really know what they're talking about. Out when they're making these deductions, then they're out of jobs. That's number one. But number two, I would argue that they're being forced to make these decisions blindly is not only not in their interest because it forces them to be more competent, but because they don't want to be competent in many of these right. cases. They want their own stamp on the hiring decision. They want to pick people for their, you know, whatever intangible baseball old timey writer <laughs> thing they want to pick people for. And they don't want to be told, hey, uh, that thing that you highlighted about that one interviewee, but not about the other, that's pretty discriminatory. 
mandatory and maybe you shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Which is why these these rules exist because that's an that's an important thing. Is you know, if you're going on one guy about what country club he he belongs to and then the the next interviewee you're just asking, Oh, like, well, how many kids do you have to take care of? You know? <laughs> that's just really discriminatory. And you're you're showing right from the bat that you have a motive out there, that mm -hmm. you're you're trying to just hire your friends. Yeah, they are complaining about having lost out on one particular slice of information, but they have so many other ways of getting this stuff yeah. out of you. They're basically complaining that their job is harder now. That's Aww. really what it is. It is. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Here's Doing the thing. your job is part of your job. Wow. That's revolutionary. <laughs> you should write a book with that Whoa. title. <laughs> I know. That, that, that Doing your job, that's a title of a book. Yeah, yeah that is a title of a book. Doing your job is part of your job. I love it. Let's say you do get hired and you're being paid whatever salary you and your HR person agreed on and so on. Now, we at Punching Out know, and we want you to know, and we want you to be angry about the fact that the most common form of theft in the United States, but also one of the most common forms of workplace abuse, is wage theft. Wage, wage and theft. Wage theft, theft. <laughs> feels like it needs that. Yes. We need really a button sure. for that. The current administration has made it very, just as it's become a more obvious problem and people are kind of front-loading it, what the current administration has decided to do is to allow employees to self-audit on cases of wage theft. And according to this... Employers, right? Hmm? And, and allow employers. Employers, sorry. Allow employers. <laughs> um, the In March of this year, the Department of Labor decided that they're going to have this program. It is a pilot program. It's not an official part of the, of the department yet. But basically, they're going to allow employers to self-audit fair labor standards violations, including wage theft. Self-audit. Self-audit. So basically what it means is, let's say I employ you. Let's say I've hired mm. you. And you said you, you want... Don't pay me. You're not paying me enough? Yeah, let's say I, we agreed on X salary. Okay. And then somehow through making you work extra time or whatever, I am effectively paying you. Let's say it's making you take vacation. Two thirds of work. Yeah, or right. sure. Yeah. That's yeah. more likely. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, making you take vacation when you're actually still working. Making, I had friends Making you work too. longer hours. I hear that. So any any form of that. Normally, you have to go file an FLSA violation and you can sue. And unless you've signed an arbitration contract, we covered that mm -hmm. on our episode on the Supreme Court. Thank you very much. <laughs> but if you didn't sign an arbitration contract, lucky you, you can sue me. Now, if I belong to this program and I discover that before you do, I can say, my bad. I paid this employee two thirds of what they were owed. I'm going to self audit. I'm going to tell the Department of Labor, my bad. I screwed up. And apparently this gets me off with like fewer fines than I would if, if you sued me. So it's really about like saving myself some money rather right. than any kind of justice for the employee. So if I'm getting a light slap on the wrist, I have no incentive to actually do it right, right first time. Yeah. If I'm reading it correctly, you don't necessarily have to compensate the worker that you've <laughs> stolen from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. It depends on what the violation is. It depends on how far the worker is allowed to carry it. It depends on what the Department of Labor decides. And as we have said repeatedly on this show, that means that it depends on who's in charge of the Department of Labor. So right now, <laughs> for the next at least four years, probably, you're in trouble. There's no recourse for you. You're doomed. It's neat. Sorry, Alfred. Sorry. I've waged no stole from you. All wages yeah. wage theft true. really worth more than I'm getting paid. That's this part. That's book true. two. All <laughs> yeah. wages yeah. wage theft. All wages are wage. <laughs> theft. Was the first, whatever your first book was, this the follow up will be. There this we is, go. All wages wage theft. But no, it's basically an attempt to. We said this on the last episode, but here it's also important because you've got the human resources emo here is explicitly stating as the whole point of this is that it legally protects you from consequences as an employer and it saves you money. And that's ultimately the point of it. It's not a bad idea to hold employers accountable for violating labor standards. Right. But the way in which they are doing it privileges employers and hurts employees. And you're going to see that keep happening over the course of this yeah. show. They can check a box that they've done something, but that's it. There's no consequences for their, their misdeeds. And they get to keep it private which I think is an uh -huh. important part of that, right? right? They don't have to admit it to anybody because we're very big in this country on telling rich people that they don't have to admit wrongdoing if they just cough up some money. <laughs> yeah. So so that's the beginning. So you've interviewed, you know, they haven't asked you about your wages because it's very important. So the next step they're going to do is they're going to have to onboard you and give you a little bit of an orientation, which right? Which is just a few letters away from waterboarding. They're going to waterboard, I mean onboard you. <laughs> Former CIA officer feels in like charge that. of you're in charge of your... Anyway, you say onboard and orient, but according to this email, 
onboarding and orientation are diametrically opposed because it's well, onboarding versus orientation. <laughs> that's really? the dumbest thing. Uh, I've yeah, ever of course heard. it's below. Do you get a choice? Can I get a choice to be orientated or onboarding? Sounds sexier to me than orientation. It really does. Yeah. Orientation sounds like somebody is like moving you it's vertically exactly, to horizontally, yeah. like paper <laughs> like, orientation, like facing you towards the window. Yeah. Or yeah. That's your orientation. You're strapped to a dolly. Yeah. And this like is the way you must face you. at all times. Oh wait, that's what it actually is. This email. Did you know? Nearly one third of people are job searching within within six months of employment. Almost a third of externally hired executives miss expectations in the first two years. With 10 to 15% annual attrition, companies lose about 60% of their entire talent base within four years. That's not how percentages work, but whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to follow the math here. <laughs> this is basically saying that what you want to do here is provide something more than just like a meet and greet. Like, here's your boss, here's your other boss, here's the, the person that you're going to have to talk to every day. Here's Here's your email. Here's how to get into your this email. This is where your coworkers microwave their fish. <laughs> this is yes. <laughs> this is the work fridge that nobody cleans. The reason I want to bring this up is because this reveals the paucity of what we do for our new employees. Because there used to be such a thing as training. There used oh, to be. Yeah. It was long ago. It was a thing <laughs> where companies actually took time and money and resources and employees yeah. to try and explain to you this is how you do your job. And now companies have offloaded that responsibility onto colleges, onto entry yeah. level jobs, onto internships, onto other people, onto social connections. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the the whole evolution of the entry-level position that needs three to five years experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best. You need you need to have somehow worked three to five years, done two unpaid internships, know the person that you're applying. Right. Well, uh, I think there's also the, the habit of distributing the training amongst all your coworkers. I'm currently in this boat right now. We have new two new people mm -hmm. have come on board, and instead of people training them, the person hiring them, right. no, no, Alfred, you train. I have no responsibility yeah. with these people. It's been tossed to everybody right. else. Yep. Yeah, for free. Yeah, just go to Alfred yeah. for help. He'll yeah. he'll help you. Out. I'll take time out of my day and instead of <laughs> instead of hiring somebody who could actually do that, or God forbid, or making the person who is writing this email <laughs> do that themselves, because yeah. clearly they need to like actually do their job. It's crowdsourcing. Yes, <laughs> just love it. In maybe an ideal workplace, that sort of thing might work. Bring mm -hmm. somebody new. Each person has something that they can teach you, and and you learn from them. But it shouldn't be done in a way that again privileges the employer. Right. And that's that. That's the problem we're having, that we have gotten to the point where this email can tell you, no, 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 you don't do orientations. You do onboarding. That's so much nicer. And all we're thinking is like, there used to be an alternative to this. Yeah. There used to be something so much better. And who do they pick to do any kind of mentoring or coaching or anything too? They pick the company person, most company person mm -hmm. there, yeah. right? They don't pick the the, the naysayer or the right. resistor. You mean they might make personal decisions based on whether somebody's a 72-pointer code team player? Yeah, no one will ever <laughs> let me train anyone, I think. <laughs> Which I aspire to that being a permanent... <laughs> Truth. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be the case for me as well. well. Well, in that situation, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the rah rah. It was the cheerleader yeah. person right. that they want you to onboard with, right? Yeah. Which, from their point of view, makes sense because then they're avoiding an expensive hiring process. They're yeah. thinking they're going to blame you when that person leaves in six months. Yeah. yeah. And then they're going to say, Alfred, why didn't you train this person properly? Yeah. yeah. Come on, Alfred. To why like didn't us. you train them? It was totally not it's, your job to train them. Why I, didn't you do it well? But is the training about skills, competency, and collaborative? Skills? Or is it about buying into everything, getting the swag m metaphorically? It's, it's both because, you know, when you look at job satisfaction studies, uh, one of the biggest factors, and I've talked about this before, is having actual training, not just onboarding, but actual mm -hmm. training at the beginning of your job. Do you have a, a set program that will help you figure out the, the nuances and complications of your job? And part of that is finding out about company culture and whether or not it's okay that you pick up the phone and call somebody or is it better to email them? Those are important. Yeah, they are. They really are. <laughs> Are, but also just the the different parts of your job like unless you are I, I can't even think of a good example like just a cog in a machine that could easily go to a different company with the exact same job like I can't even think of a job like that you will have different aspects of your job that you actually need to be trained in and not just kicked in and said here there you go so at a certain university in our area um, I've worked there before three times so I've been I've had three different orientations over Neat. the course of 10 years 
And the first time it was two days cool. and it was a lot of detail, not just things like getting your paycheck and salary and benefit stuff, but also some of the cultural stuff. Yeah. I went back 10 years later. It was half a day <laughs> and a lot of online stuff. Mm-hmm. I basically had to go through what, what amounted to about 10 hours of modules online for Love everything, modules. which I, of course, like any person with a brain did, I just click, click. I can answer these questions without reading right. or looking mm-hmm. at them. They're mostly common sense. I check the box. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I am now versed in everything WPV uh, all the well and I think what you'll find is that employees will complain about orientation because it is never done in a way that helps them it is always done in a way that makes you not look forward it's an eye roll it's an all day eye roll that's what I it's just eye rolling don't sexually harass your coworkers. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) don't steal uh, yeah, and then they give it. There's always an acronym yeah. about your company that you have to follow. We follow the, and it's some cheerleader yeah, thing. Like, like, smile, yeah, grin, smart, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wonder. Yeah. <laughs> the company's very, very simplistic. They have like two le- up. That's our acronym. <laughs> there's only one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't. Uh, we don't have enough. Uh, yeah. stuff. We really don't have enough going for us, but we're trying real hard, guys. <laughs> then those arrogant companies with acronyms at twelve letters long. <laughs> we use oh god hyperbolic <laughs> sub- sub- <laughs> <laughs> parametric equalizer. It stands for. <laughs> 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 you get a quiz at the end where you have to match each letter to what it stands for. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> you've been hired. You're probably wondering yeah. what your company is going to be like to you now that you actually work for it. Well, I'm afraid you're going to have to wait until after this break for that. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester. If you'd like to continue slacking off, you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud. Remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hey guys, welcome back to Punching Out. We're talking today about HR again. It's like these guys won't ever quit. Anyway, I'm Lou. They don't go away. They don't. Oh my gosh. uh, I really wish they would. My email (laughs) inbox would be a lot lighter without them. It's true, but I think you'd be a little less entertained, just to be fair. Or angry. You know what? You take some, you lose some. Anyway, so I'm Lou. Uh, We're with Noah. Hi, y'all. And Alfred. Hello. And we just finished talking about the beginning of your employment history with a company. So they've hired you. They've offered you to do salaries. There's a whole bunch of doing stuff like that. So now you've been working for your company for a while. It's been going. And let's be honest, it's not everything it's cracked up to be because it never is. So one of the main reasons people end up leaving jobs, actually, is because they have no reason to advance. And companies know that. And so they're going to do everything in their power to string you along. Can you give us an example? Well, I can give you an example of what happens when somebody decides that you are management material right from the get-go. Because we have fast track how to accelerate newly promoted managers to be peak performers. Wow, accelerate and peak, all of this is just stressful. New managers matter. They're on the front lines with your workforce, your customers, and your markets. Apparently your markets are now like, have souls. What? (laughs) They have tremendous potential. And some of them, uh, hold up. And comma, Tremendous. some of them, comma, yeah, will become your organization's future leaders. That is not how punctuation works. <laughs> to be successful. They're trying to accelerate it all. They're, they're, yeah. yeah. Well, no, a comma's a pause. Like, they're doing the opposite. Yeah, like, you think they've just moved on. I have many issues with punctuation. And these <sighs> emails are terrible. To be successful, new managers or recently promoted ones must master three critical skills. See, there's a missing comma. Karate and friendship <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sweeping the leg to switch from relying on formal authority to establish credibility from striving for control to building subordinate commitment. Nice. I hate that phrase. Nice. Subordinate Subordinate commitment. And from managing tasks to leading people. Using wow. the analogy of an orchestra, because okay. we all know this is going to out. Yeah. a new manager must move from being a talented violinist to who concentrates on playing his or her instrument skillfully, that's good, gender equity, to being a conductor who coordinates the efforts of <laughs> all the musicians. I have to say that in a really good orchestra, the lead violinist is probably getting more money than the, they than are the conductor. They are getting more money. So that's conductor. a silly analogy, even though they don't clearly understand how an orchestra mm. works or picking a violin. I would have picked True. like the triangle 
player or someone <laughs> like that who you know. or possibly what they're trying to say is you know you're getting rewarded in another way because you don't get more money but you do get to lord over all the employees even though arguably in an orchestra like they could just refuse to play and <laughs> that's that you're done your baton is broken I guess. you know that's also not how really orchestras work like you don't graduate from being the most elite musician in your group to being the conductor that's no not how that works no. let's also say though conducting is not is, is an extraordinarily arcane skill yes it's definitely it is a skill like yes they, it requires it's training really difficult you mean it doesn't require onboarding it requires training oh my god Chris. Oh, oh, wow. this is the part that really annoyed me learn eight tactics to ramp up quickly take charge and get results answer these four tough questions to ensure you're on the right track recognize the importance of your personal power and how to develop it is this my pokemon like <laughs> my personal power i hold what up does my that sword. mean yes i yes. have the power sharpen their it doesn't say who they is sharpen to understand your impact on others identify the top 10 reasons why newly promoted managers fail in their jobs. They're morons. Review three strategies and ten tactics to there's influence a, those like who manage things and work on. with. This ten is this. So much. The list of three. Four questions. Mm -hmm. Ten things. Eight, eight positive I whatever. I feel like a recipe yeah. for something. It's, <laughs> it's labor Catholicism. It's all like lists of sins and <laughs> questions and truths. Can you just can you broad strokes this? Who am I? Kissinger? Give me three bullet points. <laughs> yeah. But this is... Oh, I'm sorry. I missed one because it doesn't have a bullet point. Know the five rules of the roads for peak performance in today's changing workplace. All of these are construed yet again as this thing where as a manager, you're being given HR people who are going to work with you, who are on your side, are making you sound like a terrible person. Yeah. Lou, you've been in management. For a while as have I. How often do you stop at what you're doing and think, I need to implement rule number six of the list of <laughs> such and suches? Has there been a moment when you stopped and thought about all of these kinds of lists and, uh, and determined, oh, I'm going to do... really. Yeah. No. I don't think any person who works with human beings oh, is going God. to do that. I have an important question, though. How much have y'all developed your personal power? Because I think that's key. <laughs> if you haven't, power? if you yeah. haven't developed your personal power to at least like over I, nine thousand, I know, have learned can't... to leverage my own synergies yes. for myself I internally. Like it. That's fantastic. If, if you I hear have noise, no idea what you're talking about, and that's because you haven't leveraged your synergies. <laughs> You want to master <laughs> your synergies and take them to a, to the next level. Take them to the stratosphere and accelerate your peak. Somehow or another, I want to put my quadriceps in there. I don't know. There has I to am, be some. I am, no matter how how straight the gate, how charged with punishments to scroll, I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my synergies. <laughs> yes. Dude, you cannot. It's somehow a worse poem. You that's cannot so overuse the word synergy or leverage. No. No. That's not it. Not. Like, maximum, they have to it go in every maximum, sentence. Maximize. Maximize your... the leveraging that's of what my it synergies. Is. Okay. Okay. So, to focus this again. <laughs> so, my perception of this email is very much so that these seminars, webinars, whatever, are for people who have no idea what they're doing in management and were like promoted way beyond their capabilities. Oh, yeah. Hmm. They were like yeah. the most successful salesperson and now they have to manage people and they're going, ah, what do I do? Give me a set of rules or something yes, that I can I need follow. Six synergies. I can't. It's like collecting the elements now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're running around the office looking for gems. Yeah. <laughs> I got you just one. walk. You yes. walk in, and your boss is on their hands and knees under your desk, just like it must be here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the other asking questions, and I don't have a book to answer this. But that's oh that's God. the thing, isn't it? You're you got fast tracked, so presumably you got promoted based entirely on some person's view of your personal qualities, not about right. your experience, not about how good you are at no. the job, mm -hmm. not about anything yeah. you've done, but only about who you are. And as yeah. it turns out, that doesn't always guarantee competence. Yeah, not every general is Napoleon. Even Napoleon wasn't Napoleon. Yeah. So lists like this are meant for people who have no idea what they're doing, which is neat, but like management is a skill. It really is. And I don't necessarily think that it should earn more money than everybody else. I think everybody should be making as much money as they need to get by and we should be doing that. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's again. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that that because you are lording over people that your salary should be higher or your I don't know, privileges should be greater. If the salary is the reward, I understand. Mm -hmm. But what about what if it's just that you have to pay more to convince people to be that way? Like I feel yucky when I have to lord over somebody. Right. Maybe the mm -hmm. motive that maybe the incentive is the fact that I can swallow that because I make more money. 
I want, hmm. this is not me, but I mean, management, like many, and, and, and any kind of leadership position that requires one to do something yeah. that is yucky, what's the motivation? I don't want to be surrounded by people who hate me. True. Right. So they're, they're I paying, can swallow it by capitalism. Right. They're paying you more. So that, as essentially as you're saying, as, as an indulgence, right? Yes. They're paying it to remove the guilt of knowing Absolutely. that now every time you tell somebody to do something or not do something, even if it's something that's coming down from corporate or from your own boss or what have you, they're paying you more essentially as a, here's your silence money. Keep yep. your mouth shut. You and don't get to complain anymore. And everyone knows, and the people that I am managing know that I make more money, which mm-hmm. sets up, uh, it sets up an artificial yeah. right. Yeah, there's an artificial division between them. Mm -hmm. If if you're a worker, you're at war with a person who has infinitely more resources and is better equipped than you. If you're the manager, you're at war and you're outnumbered. Exactly. But the thing is, like, what the these emails are all revealing to everybody is that they want you to have these divisions. If you're a regular schmo and Mm -hmm. you are elevated to the level of management, then this is something that you should be aspiring to do. This is why you should be working harder. This is how they string you along. Aha. Uh So you're saying not everybody gets fast-tracked to management, right? Yeah. So we're going to hit you real quick with the titles of these next few because they all kind of run (laughs) along a theme and you can take a minute and and figure (laughs) out what it is as I read them out. Change management. The four key skills and four key steps. Eight more things for leading change. Creating a successful job rotation program. Don't lose them. Getting good people to stay. And succession planning. It's not just for emergencies. It's a leadership development strategy. Do these sound thematically related to you? It sounds like seminars on (laughs) eHarmony. Leave your first wife. Yeah, rotation or whatever. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, so all of these kind of relate along the theme of if you don't get immediately fast-tracked for management, if you are not put into that position where you will be constantly at a loss versus your employees, versus your staff, versus your team, and thereby you will always be on the side of your bosses because and and your workers will hate you. And all of these are things that I think you'll find in many cases started with employees. Job rotation, developing leadership, empowering employees before they become actual leaders. All of that is stuff that always started from the worker side of things. And as soon as capitalists caught wind of it, they said, oh, no, no, let's take the word. Let's take the actual thing, job rotation, leadership development, whatever the heck it is. And let's turn that into something that aids and abets how we want the workplace to look, not helps workers empower themselves, not helps workers see themselves as anything but cogs in our machines. I think you're you're on to something with that. Organizations, companies do a lot of things that sort of mirror Mm -hmm. what what are essentially humanistic endeavors. Like even things like Volunteer Day. Sounds like not yeah. a bad idea to help a neighborhood or a community or something, but they do mm-hmm. it once a year. It's a seller. It's like an event. Yeah. Volunteer yeah. day. A or, service retreat. Yeah, or your yeah. company is so committed to uh, you know, charitable giving that they will allow you, the employee, to give money from your pay- paycheck yeah. directly to an, an And you'll get the water bottle for it. Yeah. And depending yeah. on the company... You will be asked to give money to your company. Yep. Yeah. If it's That's a nonprofit. Yeah. yeah. I've done. I've had yeah. a company I worked for that did that. Yeah. 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 So they they've so subverted cool. a lot. It's really it's it's really sub, it's subversion That's of humanistic. What it is. They are Everest. very very good because they have the time and the Better money. Better than we are. And they have well because they have the people to. If you can pay somebody a hundred thousand bucks a year, right? Or you can give somebody a publisher's advance of a few, you know, hundred thousand bucks to go and write a book about how why how to construct, say, job rotation, right? As a way that is helpful for companies rather than employees. Mm-hmm. You will always be able to find that person because there will always be some sucker who's willing to sell out everyone else. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing. We don't have that advantage when we talk about work. We <laughs> You know, expect people to have like principles, which is difficult. Well, I know. And, I think that's changing given the the apocalypse we're living through. I think we've lowered our standards a lot. I think we expect very little of people now. Mm. <laughs> we've gone from we, we've <laughs> gone from the training to the onboarding to the orientation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not even now. It's like you've, it's being thrown into a pit. Like go fight, fight your way out. Yep. <laughs> like, um, that's uh, seems seems right. It is a good idea to empower an individual worker to show them a side. Of, of, of their workplace or their company that they don't normally deal with. Yeah. It is a good idea to have people who are well-rounded and skilled at everything. But the way that these people are going to get to rotate jobs, the way that they are going to get developed, first of all, they're going to be handpicked. 
They're going to be handpicked by their bosses. Yeah. They're going to be handpicked based on some BS metric that doesn't actually <laughs> quantify anything real about their performance. Yep. And then second of all, they're going to be routinely checked for buy-in. And then guess what? If you don't buy-in the whole time, you don't yeah. get to do yeah, that again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a test of your loyalty yeah. to the company. And mm-hmm. time was in this country that companies understood. I'm not saying they were actually loyal to their employees, but they understood that they had to perform it. They understood that employees might actually leave. So let's talk about the middle again. You had <laughs> yeah. a bunch of you had a bunch of very quantified like the seven deadly venoms, the six <laughs> six Alfred, brothers of Shaolin. You're you're joking, but I am looking directly at a line of text that says discover the seven deadly sense of success. Come on. <laughs> Thinking of every martial arts film this that I grew up impo- with. This is incredible. The, the five was... fists of... Uh... We, we don't... <laughs> five fists of management. Five fists of management. Oh, no. Your management style. <laughs> your your seven strong. habits are good, but I have the eighth. <laughs> this one's called sharpening your saw. <laughs> anyway, so about the middle again. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. These emails are too funny. So about the middle again. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I actually don't believe these. So this is this is incredible because as Alfred has been saying, these basically give you the idea that if you master these magical arts, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. if you if you have the the three unforgivable yes. curses on your side or whatever, you. you will be able to defeat all of your management foes, which presumably include you know the naysayers and the complainers and the and lazy person taking the, advantage of FMLA. Yeah. yeah, the FMLA abuser. Remember the that FML was their abuser. Name. Yeah. yeah, the 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 person who is might be uh, just justifiably violent because you probably fired them without cause. We'll get to that in a The second. one who wants to go, you know, they want to go to their grandmother's funeral. Right, yeah. yeah. The one, uh, oh, that's right. The one that needs like accommodations because they have a disability that yes. they're reporting and you don't want to give it to them because it's going to cost you money yeah. and then you have to explain to others. So anyway, we need to fight these terrible enemies. All of these villains, right? You have to get through all of them. But the way that you fight them, right, is through these things, these terms, change management and succession planning and so on. I mean, look at this. Is change occurring in your organization? Is it alive? Like, yeah, what, 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 is it a day it? ending and why? Yeah. Like, are <laughs> these changes causing stress or conflicts? But here's the thing. I think this begins in a very Captain Obvious way to then hit you with this. Do you know how to get everyone on board the change train that's rapidly <gasps> heading out of the station? Train. Uh, change train. Oh, I love it. How do you get employees to not only go through the motions, but actually... Do I want to be on a train? Let's just be... If I'm on a train, I want to know exactly where it's going, and I'm on the train to go where it's supposed to go. I don't want it to change. And also, if it's going... (laughs) I want to know I'm going to this station. That's it. Now that we're taking this metaphor to its logical (laughs) conclusion, if it's rapidly (laughs) heading out of the station, I want off that train because that conductor is problematic. That driver is problematic. Everything about this (laughs) smacks of danger, for crying out loud. Yeah, this is not good. The train is made of danger. This (laughs) is not a good thing. It's like nobody needs a wild card it's okay and and then this how do, <laughs> how do you get employees to not only go through the motions but also actually buy into the changes that are necessary yeah so, uh, why ends. why as alfred as you said why should i have to buy into any of these changes maybe they're bad yeah yeah just because they happen doesn't mean they're good and lou you mentioned this change is a constant we're gonna get very heraclitus mm-hmm. here and say you know you never step into the same river twice <laughs> or get on the same train twice apparently oh boy <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing change is constant change is the only constant but again it would be one thing if change was managed and directed and aided by employees but this is not about that this is about mastering the change curve and the four phases of every change effort <laughs> learn four communication skills <laughs> to lead change so they're buy-in and commitment review five common reasons for resistance to change and tactics oh to overcome them wow okay so just a comment whoever writes these emails <clears throat> is forbidden from ever using numbers ever again I am I'm ever I'm right. done I'm done there's there are too many jokes that we can make these are, these are Harry Potter books that we're talking about these are the the oh. martial arts I, films I honestly think I honestly think it's yeah, labor Friday, Catholicism secret, sequels well, I think it's also a lazy thing because if you have no idea what to say about something just pick, come up with a number and make then, then you, and make your yeah. list and that sounds like yeah. you've, you've it's, done it's something it's a it's the buzzfeedification of, of buzz workplace culture I bet it's, everything is a list of goal everything is a gif practice a four-step model to communicate change that results in employee management and learn seven personal change resilience techniques those are four nouns and one number to enhance your ability as a change agent no yeah, a change, a change agent. agent i love when they throw agent on changing. things 
agent, man. <laughs> yeah. A cleaning agent, like a solvent. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's what I want to pour on the change yeah. agents usually. <laughs> but it's it's this idea that change has to be good because it is change. It's a circular logic. If yes. you resist change, you're bad because the change must be good. Also, people don't know how to manage change in the world because none of us experience change ever. ever. You know, you've right. never gone from being, I don't know, a toddler to a sexually reproductive adult. You know, Probably you've experienced no change in your life. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> never hit puberty. I've been wearing these clothes <laughs> since I was, I was a baby. these clothes. Yeah. 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 Same, yeah. So we don't know. If I was anything, born fully formed, like what? Athena from the head of Zeus. Let's be <laughs> honest. It's managers who have the hard time handling change yeah. because they become very useless very quickly in, in mm-hmm. certain... And I experienced mm-hmm. this at, when I was in a merger. Everybody who was afraid were the people in the middle because yeah. they knew like, oh no, I might not be important. But yeah. the, you know who you know whose job was, was more protected in those instances? The administrative assistant. Because yeah. they did stuff and they knew stuff. Management didn't know anything. They couldn't tie their own shoelaces. So suddenly everybody's trying to be diligent and Alfred, good at they these can't things. know that. I'm but ruining it. I mean, that's the thing. Again, I know I'm harping on this theme, but it seems to me that the biggest problem we have throughout these emails, throughout the last two episodes, is that these HR emails are purpose-driven. They That's to that, HR award. Yeah, that is. They are meant to not only create the division that we have talked about here, but they are meant to make that division intractable. Yep. They are meant to they are meant to make it complete and permanent so that there is no cooperation and there is no possibility exactly. of cooperation yeah. because if you're an employee, why would you want to be engaged when you know that everything is just going to be driven into your head? And if you're management, you are going to fear every change that you attempt to implement because mm-hmm. you know your employees are going to hate it. And again, this is what your employer is, thinks you want. They're driving you to these things. They want you to be in leadership, to be a manager. Everybody's checking a box to say, I've allowed you the opportunity to grow yeah. or change or develop. And I, there, you've had the opportunity. There we go. I've That's, planted every reason satisfied. to me. Yeah, yeah, I've made satisfied. it impossible, but I, the opportunity's yeah. there. I listened to you. I, I listened to you. I, I heard listened. you. You said you wanted advancement. <laughs> Here's all of these opportunities. It's not my fault you didn't take any of them. It's not my fault you didn't succeed at them. But you had all the opportunity. Your... And now, because I gave you all of those opportunities and you didn't succeed at them, I'm afraid I'm going to have to let you go. Yeah. I'm very sorry. What happens at the end of the job cycle? I mean, I've been a good employee. What's next? Well, you're going to find out after this break. If you're listening to this on the radio, congratulations. It's the exact middle point of the work week. If that doesn't make you feel any better, try listening to more Punching Out. All our past shows are available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back to Punching Out. This is Alfred. I am here with Lou. What's up, guys? And Noah. Hi, y'all. So we're here in episode three of Human Resentments, season of The Snitch, and I have a question. So I have just been, I went through the onboarding process, the onboarding slash orientation process. I was hired. I worked in my job, so I've experienced the whole midlife of a job. (laughs) And now we're coming to the autumn of my time here at this job. So Noah, what can I expect at the end? Hopefully, if your company has been sending their HR professionals to uh, these webinars and so on, you can expect an employee termination done properly. (laughs) I hope so. I can't. Wait. I'm worthy. Spoiler, you're all going to be disappointed. <laughs> At one time, most employment cases were decided by judges. What now, you, wait, what, the 15th century? When was this? <laughs> now, almost all employment cases are decided by juries. Studies actually show that juries believe that employers enjoy terminating employees and, quote unquote, find ways to terminate them. They do. Yeah. When juries can't, juries, are right. juries are right. When juries can't get this image out of their head, their collective head, apparently they have one head, That's they cool. inevitably will punish the company not only with compensatory damages, but very high punitive damages given the circumstances. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be this way. With a few simple policies... <laughs> I agree, and approaching- Noah. I agree. <laughs> with a few simple policies and approaching termination in a humanitarian way... Oh, boy. Whoa. I want to kill humanitarianly. Yeah. You can go a long way to convincing a jury that you not only do not like terminating employee, you only use it as a last resort. Terminating Terminating employee. employee. That's what it says. (laughs) Is there any good way to terminate an employee? Does any human resource professional enjoy terminating an employee occasionally? Does the employee enjoy the process for that matter? Why would you ask that? (laughs) 
Does the employer? Are you enjoying this process right is now? Is this good for you? Yeah, is am this I good for you? Okay? Am I doing it right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it. It is one of the worst tasks that face every human resource professional. That's not how you write that sentence. <laughs> and if it is not done correctly, you can bank on the employee going to see a lawyer. How dare they? To see if there is a basis for suing your company. There is. For that matter, the employee may even see a lawyer even if you do it correctly. You didn't. Yep. What should you be considering <laughs> you when you think it is inevitable that you have to terminate an employee? Maybe that it's not inevitable. <laughs> what questions should you ask if a supervisor comes to you and says, I have had it. That person must go. Why are you talking like that? Yeah. <sighs> uh, this webinar will address all the risky areas conducting investigations of possible misconduct, what should be in your documentation, such as written warnings and performance appraisals, oh. and how to conduct the termination meeting. And for the most part, the bullet points that you're going to get Tell me, here. is there like the 10 greatest <laughs> the hits ten, for firing the, the workers? The 11 ways. Um, the top five areas <laughs> that fuel <laughs> fires. <laughs> Sorry, fires, quote unquote. Don't, don't want to accuse anybody of arson, apparently. Mm. And possible <laughs> litigation. Everything else, there's no numbers. Oh. But uh, laws that protect employees from retaliation, if they've engaged in protected activity, how to prevent those claims. Why you should avoid thoughts of at-will employment in the termination process. In oh, boy. In did interesting. We did. Yeah, we covered that. Yeah. And why you shouldn't, and this is interesting, why you shouldn't rely on a supervisor's warnings or evaluations, even if they back up what the supervisor is telling you. Why do you need to be told that the supervisor might lie to you? Wow. There is oh, Are boy. you Decided stupid. lack of trust everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, but there should be in this case, right? Because yeah. from the point of view of the email, it, your your supervisor is going to come to you and say, I want to fire that person. Yeah. And here's why I'm okay. going to fire it. <laughs> uh, here's why I'm going to fire that person. The audience that they're pitching this to apparently would just go, eh, sure. It's also assuming a, a very narrow way, a, a hierarchy of firing. In yeah. Like, like yes. it's not just your supervisor who may want you out. It right. may be their supervisor. It may yeah. be another administrator of some kind. Yeah. It could be a layoff. It could be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. The, to play devil's advocate, like we often do, they're trying to say, you know, you don't want to appear to be discriminatory when you're firing people because that is problematic. Mm -hmm. Unless we're all robots and machines, managing robots and machines, it is always discriminatory to fire someone. Yeah. You are discriminating against them in some way because you have deemed them through whatever process of arcanery you do, you have deemed them lesser. They've they gone below a threshold yeah. Yeah. of some kind. You are being discriminatory. My right to be a failure should be respected. The ultimate civil right is to be mediocre. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because you can be an absolutely mediocre white man and still be, well, you can be president for one. You could be <laughs> You could be president, dictator, emperor, and Anything. the whole nine yards. Yeah. yeah, but that's a good point, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Alfred, you mentioned we're not robots. Mm -hmm. We have feelings. <laughs> and if we're terminated, whether it's done properly or not, we might be angry about it. We might be justifiably angry. We might be justifiably angry regardless of how the termination was done. Right. But if it was done improperly, we might be furious. And maybe we might entertain thoughts that, uh, you know, only reach to imagination, but that certainly, I don't know, might involve some of the more esoteric ways of disposing of people. Cannibalism, yeah. for example. <laughs> I find it funny that I could, if I walked into my office and like stole a pencil sharpener worth thirty dollars, theoretically I could be arrested for stealing. Yeah. yeah. Right. That would have no. They would have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. But if I am, if I am ruined financially and my whole life is upset and my entire existence is is sort of has to be reorganized because I've been terminated and I think unfairly, I'm a horrible person for mm -hmm. seeking help. Mm -hmm. But I could be fired for stealing a pen. Yep. Yeah. Instant. And I could mm -hmm. be arrested for stealing. I mean, I could yep. be arrested yeah. for complaining about stealing. Complaining. Complaining. Yeah. That, that's that's, that's violence. Vol it's volatile. It's <laughs> and so apparently within the sort of general employee termination done properly, we have the special forces of termination done properly. <laughs> How to terminate <laughs> volatile and dangerous employees and reduce workplace violence. Folks, for the first time ever, there is an exclamation point at the end of these oh. emails. Wow. That's why, thank goodness. It's, it's exciting. Violent. It's, it's exciting. Violent. It's violence. Employers have always avoided the termination. What? Either because, either because it is not easy to terminate someone or because it can be difficult to defend any allegations of wrongful termination, because they're true. Cases of wrongful termination have emerged and increased since the late, since the late 2000 year. Interesting. When was that? Re it was 1999, but it was late. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Research has identified the following factors in this increase. 
Employees more aware and knowledgeable of the workplace rights. Again, that with that, the employees taking chances and making a killing by charging discrimination. I like that a killing is in quotes, by the way. Wait, talk about violence. It's yeah. interesting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Equal Employment Opportunity Commission establishing increased awareness on how employees can make these charges. How dare they? It's only their job. Yeah. And their job by law. Yeah. New whistleblower protections for employees oh. who turn in employers. Employers is capitalized, oh, thereby implying that they are a different class. <laughs> They're a different class. More resources on websites by Department of Labor providing employees with ways to confirm if employers, Holy employers crap. are once again capitalized, Department are violating current regulations. This is their job. <laughs> yes. This is what the Department of Labor is supposed to do, and it is Sorry. doing it at the absolute minimum yeah, level of doing competence. very little. Yeah. No, the thing is, like, this whole list of things, like, these are reasons why you might get sued. You are allowing your employees to be knowledgeable about what they are allowed to do. We how need, dare you? We, need, ah. we don't want employees to know how to read. End of story. That, that is I want the only reason, employees. the only reason in the U.S. that reading, writing, arithmetic, right? With the we're R, important. arithmetic. We're important is because employees have to know those skills. Yeah. yeah. If they don't have to know the skills because a computer can do it, then we well, don't care. And when employees had to know those skills, they didn't have Twitter and they didn't That's have the, the ability to sure. get the rules from the Department of Labor. They had to look mm-hmm. on the board in the mm-hmm. copy room with the poster if of it your was rights. Even there. Yeah. If it was there. Because it's not <laughs> like OSHA was around in the 1910s. That's true. And right? there was a federal judge just a couple weeks ago that said that uh, reading is not a guaranteed human right anymore to yeah. citizens. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not part of a state constitution right to education. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So because of these and other factors, employers and employers is once again capitalized are now more than ever, comma, inexplicably, at risk of litigation against termination decisions. The EEOC has established definitions and guidelines of what constitutes discrimination and what employees are part of protected classes and discrimination claims. Now that there have been additional protections under EEOC, employers should consider these regulations and prepare for those potential risks, and risks is capitalized. Who wrote this? Donald Trump capitalizing capitalizing every other word. Areas covered. Termination regulations in different states, retaliation regulations and the impact and terminations, identification of regulatory agencies and blah, 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 blah. But wait, no, no, no. I said that too early. Critical reasons why managers should be trained on the termination best practices. This person needs to learn the grammar. To ensure (laughs) safety from potential violence. Aha, here we go. Mm. How weapons can impact termination decisions. Weapons. Uh, What? What? You mean like I can't drop the mic, so I dropped the iPad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Apparently... Well, they explain it. They explain it. They have learning objectives. Learning objectives. Oh, how many? <laughs> are they quantified? Uh, there's a bunch, but there are no numbers. Dang it. I know, right? <laughs> they can only count to nine after that. They were. <laughs> anyway, this is the thing. Like, you've got everything is about, okay, the first one. Learn how employees should be terminated with dignity, respect. That's not a phrase. And within regulations. I oh, think they meant with dignity, regulations. respect, and within regulations, <laughs> right? Th- that's how they should all be terminated with dignity and respect and within regulation, like, like obey the law. Yeah. Well, well, the regulations are pretty small and pretty, pretty narrow, I would imagine. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. they just have a minimum of standards here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Learn how to mitigate wrongful termination allegations before they happen. Maybe don't wrongfully terminate your employees. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not a genius. I'm not a brain saint. <laughs> Learn to like, stop yourself from punching a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Create a termination checklist that will reduce your risk when making a decision to terminate. Then throw the list away. It's stupid. <laughs> Gain knowledge of the EEOC regulations and guidelines to prevent allegations of discrimination or wrongful termination. So in other words, your employees know them. You think your employees know them, but you don't. That's on you. You failed to do your job. Yeah, you have one job. Why, why, how do these people think these emails make them look like anything but complete idiots? Yeah. Anyway, create a policy that will assist managers in terminating employees without fear of retribution from the regulatory agencies and employees. Use training of your managers to reduce your risk since you can be held liable for manager supervisors with bad management and poor judgment in handling employees. You should be. Yeah. You put them there. You really should be. Teach managers how to document performance issues in preparation for. Preparation for what? Is it? What what I need to know. Noah. (laughs) Two types of people in the world, those who need closure. That's it. It doesn't say anything else. Who's the other type? What's the other type? It doesn't say anything. (laughs) Develop a termination process that will ensure consistency, fairness, objectivity, and reduce risk. Learn what factors can be an obstacle in ensuring a worry-free termination process. 
And, and, and learn how to handle volatile terminations. Here we go. Including employees who own weapons, have histories of aggressive behavior, domestic violence, sexual assault, stalking, harassment, mental illness, and other behavior issues that can pose a risk to managers and employees. This Why is are you hiring people who have domestic violence I, I'm, problems? I'm, yeah. I know. Well, you can't. Uh, that, you that's, won't. you know, if, if you didn't pass ban the box laws, <laughs> we could ask them that question. Now, couldn't we? There's a lot of, there's also very just, top-down direction here because yeah. I don't imagine a CEO or you know an, an executive way up as getting quote unquote terminated through this process. Number one and number two, I somehow well well we know this. We know that there are plenty of CEOs if they're even lucky to be known for you know beating their partners or for stalking people or harassing people. We are in the moment of Me Too. We know that a ton of these people, if this were true, would have been terminated long before now. Well, but it only goes in one direction. Exactly. That's just, that's just it. it. That yeah. standard is only for One Direction. So then is the boy the, band? That it's That's what One Direction <laughs> deals with. Employees who own weapons? You mean the One Direction? Yes. The One Direction, yeah, the one yes. Direction. The boy band, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. The top-down direction, maybe... We were wrong. Maybe the money, maybe the extra money you're being paid, maybe that's not silence money. Or maybe maybe that's the beginning. Maybe that's, you know, okay. shut up and, and keep your mouth shut about all these complaints now yeah, because hopefully. you're management. But eventually, the actual reward is you now have immunity. Oh, yeah. You now no longer go through the normal processes. You go through the pre-check line. All power, ah. all power in the world is organized around owning the rules. It's not yeah. about owning the material. Absolutely. It's the rules. The first yeah. thing you do when you get in power is change the rules to prevent yourself from being deposed yes and there you go that's hr's job in that sense right mm -hmm. and and uh, so that's optimistic cheery. i love yeah. these episodes this that they, <laughs> I, i'll bet nobody listening to this is going that's not true yeah <laughs> but that <laughs> really but, but that is weirdly not. optimistic in a way right <clears throat> yeah. because there were the day them was the days when you could get people honestly defending their workplace on these things yeah that was a time there was a time when that was the, the yeah standard. that was that was a time when things were like pensions existed mm -hmm. and unions existed. and now yeah. if you're listening to this yeah. I could define pension for you. <laughs> I remember pension because the baby boomers who are older than me right. are getting it. again. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you're listening to this and you're going, that's not true, you're almost certainly well on in years. You might be, perchance, a baby boomer. <laughs> Incredible. New genre joke. <laughs> if you've been fired, if you've been terminated, and it's been done properly, so you can't retaliate against your employer. Fine. Whether you own I weapons know. or have a history of... Also, by the way, other behavior issues, why do what? I think like that's going to cover a... Everything. The biggest multitude of sins <laughs> in human recorded yeah. history. Yeah, I, I, I picked my nose often. Yeah. That's a behavior issue. That's... <laughs> this one time, I made fun of my manager for mispronouncing a name, and he heard me. My bad. <laughs> but you might, there is a light at the end of the tunnel because you might want to develop a new sense of yourself. And this listserv, this exact listserv, the same email address <laughs> that sent me all of these other emails also sent me this one. Numerology. <laughs> Start your journey to epic self-awareness. Epic. Epic, epic self-awareness. Self Maybe this is why they're so obsessed with numbers. Let me, let me speak for It's all a numerology yes. thing. It's yes. numer That's it. Oh, oh my God. There's a gamatria here. If we look at all those numbers they come out to spell a cabalism it's a, yeah. it, we're looking yeah. at the numbers so we're right. going to take all those numbers and each of those numbers is going to represent a letter mm -hmm. and it's going to spell the great beast or some like apocalyptic <laughs> or the, it's like going to spell the, corporate the armageddon acronym. or something yeah, that's what it does spell or corporate yeah. Acronym. Yeah. 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 Here com, our number one goal is to support you on your journey to deeper self-awareness and greater confidence <laughs> not only will you find the best numerology readings and most accurate astrology charts oh. the most accurate the most, most accurate, accurate but countless other powerful tools for building personal development skills oh like God. tea leaves our incredible panel of world-class right. numerologists world-class numerologists first none of those, off any numerologist is world-class because we live in that world but okay yeah <laughs> teachers okay. not where I expected that to go but <laughs> teachers experts and spiritual teachers teachers and spiritual Spiritual teachers, yeah. two different categories. Two different kinds, yeah. Are here to inspire you with the guidance and wisdom. You need to manifest your destiny mm -hmm. and create an abundance mindset. And if wow. you thought... Abundance mindset. A leveraging a synergy of abundance mindsets. Yes. It gets worse. Oh, God. Calculate your life path number, soul urge number, soul urge number, and expression number based on nothing more than your name and birth date with our numerology calculator. Yeah. Noah, Noah, I'm sorry. I rolled my eyes so hard they fell out of my head and now I'm blind. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I well, saw them. Fall I think out I might be able. Room. I think I might be able to get you new eyes because. Oh God! Where but is H, going? look. But to be fair to HR, HR is basically divination anyway, right? Mm. Because Excellent you've point. got a set of structures, but they're completely arbitrary and random. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of you for sticking oh. up for the people that we've been making fun of for three episodes. Yes. <laughs> you might not be willing to stick up for them after this next one. Okay. Because Louise, where I'm going to get you your new eyes, I want to re-emphasize this is from a human resources listserv. Ready? Our store owners are spread across over 5,000 towns across all 29 states in the country. Never heard of this. Hold on. Wait, all, all 29, 29 states <laughs> in the country? <laughs> what year was it? <laughs> in, here in 1821. <laughs> all 29 states. Every, every so often, they will send me something that has nothing to do with human resources. Amazing. So really... They wh- run out of crap to sell you. Well, they've run out of human resources crap to sell me. There's Apparently. only there's only so many ways you can quantify nothing. <laughs> Numbers. So eventually, like they want the rest of us to do, they just joined the gig economy. Now they're just selling their their email address, right, to send you a shopping service. Maybe you don't think the people who send those emails, you don't think they got terminated, do you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure it was done properly. I the hope word. he's suing them. Numerology that that's a better explanation, I think. Yeah. Numerology told us told them leave the comma off; it'll read better that way. <laughs> oh anyway, now that we. We've, so uh, we've terminated. I've seen the light. And and after having talked about terminating <laughs> employees and how Good to do luck that properly. Good luck getting healthcare now. Well, you don't need healthcare. You get to start the cycle all over now, Alfred. Yeah. Oh, how do you feel? It. I I don't know. Let me let me count my sheep's bladder tea leave. True. things to figure out he how needs, I feel. He needs I, to I refocus need, his energies. Yeah, I think you need epic self-awareness. I need, epic so, I need to leverage my epic self-awareness to create I, synergies in my... What we need to do is determine your soul <laughs> urge number. <laughs> to, avoid, soul to avoid urge. getting terminated again. Before we can find out when you're going to get terminated again, we should probably terminate this episode. On that note, I'm Noah. I'm Lou. I'm Alfred. You've been listening to Punching Out. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are. <laughs>